0: Hi, I'm Kevin Hillier. Welcome to The Legal Minefield podcast, a podcast that gives you direct access to a man with decades of experience in the legal profession. That man is John Mellier. You can contact him directly via our email address, info.thelegalminefield at gmail.com. It's that simple. Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Legal Minefield podcast. G'day, John. Welcome again to the legal minefield, or I mean, you're always in the legal minefield. But welcome to the podcast version of it. Hello, Kevin. Thank you, and I trust your will well. Yeah, I am very well. Um, let, let's uh, let's start. I want to talk about Optus and about, uh, I guess, what that big outage that that brought you know various parts of v- industry and in the country and human beings and everything to a complete and utter standstill. What that actually meant. And and what well, it means from a legal point of view for everybody involved.
1: Well, from a from a legal point of view, what it means for people who were running businesses, who couldn't operate their business properly that day, have lost earnings. Um, people who've lost uh, money because they couldn't operate the F-foss machine, <laughs> they couldn't operate, take the register takings. Um, people who've. Um, personally had problems or missed appointments or were delayed and had issues that have cost them money um, or every person in the street who's actually been affected yeah. potentially have a claim against Optus because under the Australian Consumer Law they're providing a service and they're meant to provide the service that's supposed to be, um, you know, of, of, of a good standard and quality. It wasn't. Um, they've breached their their standards And I think um, people have the right to um, take action if they wanted to, and I'm sure um, there'll be some consumer law firm looking at it somewhere to see. Is that one that automatically?
0: I was going to say, is that one that automatically leads itself to a class action, and we'll see. It would.
1: It would be because of the large numbers um, involved. The other problem Optus has got is that, um, despite all of us not having um, access that day, um, they had. You know, the the CEO in the public inquiry and at, at Parliament said she had a backup they have backup phones in case their system goes down. <laughs> so yeah. why why haven't we got a backup? Why haven't <laughs> they why hasn't Optus offered us something that um, you know, can back up when it goes down on them? And I mean, it it's strange because what I think they said it was a um, some sort of upgrade caused this outage. Yeah. So you know that's not very good.
0: No, and and we all know that every time our phone or our computer or whatever our tablet decides uh, d- says to us time for an upgrade, you go well. I'm going to have problems. That always happens. We Windows <laughs> that's notorious. Yeah, Windows. Uh, they got on the front foot with their customers and and offered uh, customers uh, you know things like uh, data and uh, things like speed a uh, speedier. Um, use of your data for a, a limited amount of time. That's what they offered me anyway. Um, yeah,
1: that's what I got offered too.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, with a proviso between now and whenever in December you can have this, your data at this speed and then, uh, then it'll revert back to what it was under normal circumstances. Now, if I, I didn't accept that, I'll, I'll put that on the record, um, I haven't, uh, not because I'm, I'm thinking of going at a later date, but if you accept that, that's the end of the story in terms of if you do want to. Go well, on well,
1: for something well potentially yes because you've you've taken um you've had a benefit yep and you've um, mitigated your loss so what's happened is you've mitigated some of your loss that you've sustained from that event by taking their offer of um you know upgraded or free data so right. yeah you've done the right thing and I would just wait and see now for what um if there's some consumer law group that will look into a class action because um, people have lost, would have lost a lot of money in business uh, and commerce, uh, not being able to trade. And effectively, that's a big issue for Optus. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out.
0: Would it be uh, would it be upon me or upon anybody in my position and your position? Because as Optus customers, to document now what what it is happened on that day, yeah, what, what I we would. missed out on. Yeah, I, okay.
1: I would, and I would um, send an email off to the complaints section of Optus and say look this is what's happened to me and this is what I want and see what you get back yeah um if you're a, if you're a small business or a business owner or or a company and you've suffered a loss then you should write and make a complaint to Optus and set out what your loss is and ask seek compensation and they'll have to respond to you and if you don't like how they respond you can go and see a lawyer yeah alternatively that- you can see a lawyer to draft that letter but it's just as easy for you to set it out yourself. And yeah, do
0: it. yeah. There's no no highfalutin legal uh, sort of loopholes you have to jump through with one of those no. sort of letters. I wouldn't have thought.
1: No, it's straightforward. They yeah. didn't provide a service which you've been paying for, and um, you know they're quick to if you're late one day or whatever, paying. They're quick to jump on the jump on the phone or send you an email or a letter. So um, why can't it work the other way around? Yep. When when they don't do what they're meant to do.
0: Uh, are they considered uh, one of the essential services these days because of um, how much we
1: depend on? I, I believe they are, and it's like, for example, um, you know, water, gas, etc. I think communications is, and that's why I think for government um, we're jumping up and down and, and had that um, Senate inquiry pretty quickly um, because it is seen as a service that should be um, always up and running.
0: If we have uh, a power outage and a fridge blows up and uh, and you lose everything in your, in your fridge or whatever or, you know, your, your, you, your television blows up in a, in a power what you can go to your insurance companies? Is this one of
1: those areas um, where that yeah, would be your applicable? Insurer, your insurance won't cover you for this okay. unless there's been some sort of damage caused to um, your telephone or, yep. you know, some some electrical device in the house. But, you know... Some people may have a policy out there that may have something that might cover it. I'm Mm. not sure. You'd have to have a look um, and see. But generally speaking, for the average person, no. The average house policy won't do that. Um, Unfortunately, it's going to be a consumer action. that has to be taken. And unfortunately, I would send an email, email complaint email off to Optus setting out what, happened and what you're seeking and see if you get a response. If you don't like the response, go off and see a consumer lawyer. Yeah. I think that that's the best way to deal with it. Okay. Um, and certainly, you know, unfortunately, so a lot of people had to go back to the old school and, Use landlines, which was heaven forbid, <laughs> uh, um, and and cash he, at uh, at uh, cash cash <laughs> at the shops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it it
0: but it it was a reality check in many ways for the way we do a lot of things in our life, and the fact that you know I don't carry cash around with me, and and mm. since then I've got I've got you know s- some money in my wallet now, just in case.
1: Yeah, because we, we we're so used to the technology and just tap and go, and we're used to emails and data, yeah. and the internet running and giving us everything we need in an instant at our fingertips or the world. And when it's gone, it's not there. It, 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 it's a problem. Yeah, the so, the, yeah. Uh, the 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 effect that
0: it had was I found quite staggering, to be honest.
1: It was every every second or third person you spoke yeah. to, and then and then there were people that said, "Oh look, I'll be fine. I'm with another company," but then it turned out the other company piggybacked off Optus, so <laughs> yeah. unfortunately um, they got caught up in it as well.
0: Yeah, Bill, Bill's uh, internet services uh, has to get it from somewhere. Um.
1: Cor- correct, yeah. even though it's cheaper, yes. you still got to get it somewhere. Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, lesson learnt. I think in that one, and and uh, obviously that's one that'll play out. I, I imagine in the courts or whatever um, for, for yeah, a few I years to come. S-
1: I can see something eventuating with that. There'll be people that will be seeking comp- some form of compensation from Optus, and whether they uh, settle it or let it go into a court arena, we'll see.
0: Brought me to another thing that I wanted to talk to you about was was scams, and I think it's just been Scam Awareness Week, and there's been a lot of people talking about how easily we are scammed. Uh, we're one of the uh, the most scammed uh, consumer countries in the world. Um, I don't know. Are we really that gullible? I think we might be.
1: Um, we, we, we are, Unfortunately.
0: The responsibility when you get something that looks like a bank statement, or something that looks like something from, from an Optus or a, a, one of those sort of companies, or you know a share company or whatever it is that that offers you something, and then you you take it up and do it, the responsibility for that is entirely resting with the individual that goes into that, isn't it? There's there's no there's, there's no legal area for you to go. Oh, it looks like the you know the X Y Z bank. I'll sue them.
1: No, it, it, it's it's solely up to the individual unless you had let the bank know you've got a problem, you've been scammed some money, not all of it, and then the bank or, or financial institution doesn't do what they're meant to do or stop it, and then the, the uh, fraudsters take the rest of it, then you would have a cause of action. Okay. Because you actually said, hang on, there's a problem here. I've lost some money, not all of it, yet help, stop, put a stop on it. Um if that doesn't happen, then yeah, I think you would have a cause of action with the bank or the financial institution. But generally speaking, no, we're all um, responsible for our own actions in terms of making sure that what we get emailed or when we're telephoned, the best one is the, the telephone that they're from the tax office and the tax office is going to put you in jail. Yeah. And and unfortunately, a lot of people get caught by that um, and especially people who have been retired and don't have to lodge a tax.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they get caught up. It's, it's just incredible. Um, yeah. Not to say even lawyers get caught up. Um, there's a lot of lawyers face a lot of scams. There are a lot of scammers who um, get in on um, law firms' emails and what they will do because law firms transfer trust money to people and large sums of money in commercial transactions – they will send an email to turn around and say, hey, we are your, you know, the client and we want it to go to this bank account.
0: Oh, okay.
1: But the lawyer then goes, oh, great, yeah, look, send it off, bang. And then they find out, hang on, that's not the client and the client didn't get the email and the money's gone. So unless the lawyer has insurance, specific um, insurance for cyber fraud. Yeah. They're out of pocket. They've got to refund that money. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a big problem. It's 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 a huge. Um, lawyers have seen a a huge rise in um, scams, email scams. Firms get caught up with it, and and, and luckily we have um, protocols in place where we make sure. That we deal, you know, when we know how to deal with those situations, and when we're dealing with money and transferring money, we go through a number of protocols. Even um, people got caught up in um, with the electronic conveyancing. Some people frauds did did commit fraud a couple of times, so they've locked that down. And and the way to really stop fraud and cyber fraud with emails and on the internet, um, in particular, is with multi-factor authentication. Yep you've probably seen that, Kevin, where you have a bank app or a bank account, and if you want something to pay or do something, then you have to go onto another app with a secret password to yep. confirm it's you, who you are, and they're a very good idea. So if you've got that or um, you're thinking of doing it, do it. Get multi-factor authentication on your email system. I think it you can do it on um, Microsoft Outlook, in Office 360, Yeah, um, and if you don't know how to do it, speak to your IT person or someone who knows or look it up online, you should do that with your emails and you'll stop getting scam emails, you'll stop getting those problems because anyone who tries to hack your email won't be able to change it or do anything because they don't have the multi-factor password. And that's what people need to do and that's what lawyers have learnt how to do in recent times because we've, we've also come under... Um, these sorts of um, fraud scams.
0: Yeah. Um, AI, AI is uh, bringing a new level of scamming to the uh, to the table. I saw some uh, fascinating stuff on, uh, on Media Watch during the week uh, where they've actually dubbed a voice in over a video now of, of, of people like Dick Smith um, mm. and Gina Reinhart uh, extolling the virtues of a particular product or whatever it was and, uh, you know, send 350 bucks here and you'll make $6,000 a month or whatever mm. it is. Um, there's no such thing as a get-rich scheme. I wish people would understand that. That's been going since Adam
1: was a boy. Um, That's always been the way and um, there's, look, you know, what I think you've just got to be very careful. You're not going to get rich quick. There's no magic um, pot of gold at the end of a rainbow that you're going to collect yeah. from from these scams or these ideas. And if, if it was so good, what? We'll, wouldn't everybody be doing it? That That's one issue. Um, and people just need to be very careful of who they give their details to. Yep. Never, ever, ever give your personal information over online. Never. Um, so, for example, people will take a photo of their passport, their driver's license. Do not, in any circumstances, ever email that to anyone. Because if someone hacks the other person's email, they've got your ID and they can turn around and, um, you know, with AI, they can, you know, basically try and impersonate who you are and yep. do things or impersonate like they do famous people. And it's hard because when you hear the voice, you think that's them. Yep. So the only thing that can happen with that is if um, the real Dick Smith turns around and takes action, legal action to close down those sites or he puts out an announcement, say, this is a scam, it's not me. Yep. Um, the best site to go to is Scam Watch. Oh, okay. So if everyone can get onto the AFP uh, site, it's called Scam Just Google Scam Watch. It'll come up. It'll give you good ideas, uh, tips, and hints, and it will also um, help you um, to, to sort of be more wary and to avoid being scammed. So that's so a good site. And it will list also the current ones that are going around so you know what's going around.
0: Scammers seem to be sheep in their mentality of uh, someone gets a good idea about Nigerian bankers or whatever it is and then then you get five million of them and then someone gets another idea about old Dick Smith and then you get different versions of that. So they they do tend to come in waves like that, don't they?
1: They do and and, and they tend to um, target – the elderly and they tend to target yes. people that are vulnerable, um, which is terrible. But uh, that site scam watch will help you work out um, ways to deal with that. I mean, we've all had the famous letter or email from the Nigerian prince. <laughs> that was the beginning. You know, now it could be someone from the tax office threatening to take you to court and arrest you. Um, by the way, everyone. The tax office will never telephone you. The tax office will never send you an email like that. Um,
0: they do text you, though. I mean, they text you reminders do, they, and they,
1: stuff. They do that, but the tax office will not arrest you and have you brought up in court. Yep. The AFP will not arrest you online. If the police are coming to talk to you, they will come and knock on your door physically. They will not do it online. Yep. So people need to remember that.
0: Yep. And, and banks and financial institutions are also operate on, the, on the same premise too.
1: Correct. You won't be – no one will be doing it through an email telling you that you've, you know, got to give them all your bank details. No. Yep. Never, never give your details out to anyone.
0: When you say details, uh, how uh,
1: – how, I mean, you can give- – So, for example, don't give them your bank account number. Yep. Don't give them your credit card number. Don't give them your date of birth and your address or your – Medicare card number or passport number. Any of that information can be used to steal your identity. And and that's another topic. But if you get identity theft and fraud happening, they can ruin your life. They can, uh, fraudsters can basically impersonate you, um, buy buy anything, buy houses, put it in your name, rack, rack up debts, expenses. And unfortunately, um, unless you can catch them, you'll, you'll be responsible. It's
0: very hard to prove that they're not you.
1: Very hard to prove, correct, yeah. Because yeah. that's how good they're getting with the technology.
0: So basically, the uh, I guess the things that we mentioned about not giving details out are, are the things that actually uh, get you 100 points of identification for most of the things that are important documents in your life.
1: Correct. Um, we, uh, as lawyers in the legal profession, especially property lawyers and conveyancers who do a lot of conveyancing transactions, we will actually conduct a VOI of people. So we'll actually do a VOI and make sure that they are who they are. And oh, okay. that's a requirement. What's a VOI to, stand for? Uh, verification of identity. Okay. So we have to do that. That's part of our job now. And we have to make sure the person who we're acting for is the right person and the person buying the house. And that was put in to, to stop fraud and to stop people um, illegally buying. So that means
0: things like your birth certificate, your Medicare card. Yeah, it'll yeah. be your,
1: it'll be your passport, driver's license, yep. or yeah, all those things. Yeah. So Correct. they're
0: they're things now that in, just instead of leaving them in the top drawer in your bedroom, um, they should be and
1: under- they should be in a safe. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, uh,
1: and and not held digitally and not emailed to anybody. Yep. That's exactly what should happen because otherwise, uh, everything's going to be open to fraud.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's a lot to take in when you're uh, sort of, you know,
1: thinking. Yeah, about you're just sitting at home and thinking about what you're going to do next week, and you know the phone rings and they say, <laughs> yeah. "Hello, I'm from the Texas." And the I'm the, the other thing
0: that you. John that seems to happen a lot is it's often not large amounts of money. They're not looking for fifty no. grand from you or even ten thousand dollars. It's like you know seven hundred and fifty-seven dollars they want.
1: It's, it's so they can get your bank account. Yep. Then they'll rate it. Yep. They'll work out what you've got in there. It's just so they can get an initial amount to confirm it with the details that you've given. They'll take out. They'll see they've got the seven hundred and it works. Then they'll go in and raid the account. Okay, and that's unfortunately what happens.
0: Yep. So people think, oh, it's a couple hundred bucks. That's not going to. That won't hurt if I give that a try. And you know that makes me fifty grand or whatever it is that they promised on the email.
1: Yeah. And the next thing they realise they get a bank statement. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's the problem. Just don't. Don't do anything. Don't give out any money to anyone. Yeah. Yep. Um, and if someone is on the phone hassling you, make sure you if they're from the tax office, ask for the employee number. If they're from the tax office or whoever, ask them for their. It's to speak to their manager. Yeah. Ask them what department they're from. Ask them what city in in Australia they're working in. Ask them which office and the address. If they can't answer any of that, you're being scammed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Rather than panic, uh, try and keep your calm and your wits about you and, uh, and just ask the questions that you would normally ask of someone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's it. They'll soon go. But then um, some scams and some emails were um, getting a bit smart with that sort of thing, and then they'd say, hang on a minute, I'll get you to speak to this supervisor, Joe Smith, but unfortunately, Joe Smith had a very different accent <laughs> from being Joe Smith. So, you know, they, they tried many ways. Yeah. It's just terrible. Yeah. But, um, the, the thing is just to be private, keep your life private. And um, just unless you see it in writing in front of you, don't do anything. Yeah. Don't always believe an email that you get. Oh, oh, uh, the, and- they, the key The key is in the email address where it's from. Yeah. So a scammer, wherever it's it's from a scam, their email address will never have so from, if it's the ATO, it'll be the ato.gov.au. Yes. Their address will never have that yep. on the email. And that's how you know you're being scammed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just, just look, for, uh, I mean, it's like we've said a lot of times about a lot of different things, just look at the fine print, and make sure you know who you're dealing with and and if in doubt, ask them. If in doubt, hang up. That's what I always, if what I always doubt, say. If one.
1: in doubt, hang up and, yep. and ask someone. And, you know, if you're really not sure and you're concerned or worried, give the AFP a call. Yeah,
0: yeah, and exactly. That, they've
1: got a they've got a special unit that deals with all that. Oh,
0: okay, handy. Okay. That's handy. Yeah. And uh, Scamwatch is the uh, the website you talked about that people uh, yeah, should it's jump a on and have a look at.
1: Yeah, very good website, yeah. very yeah. handy. Very helpful. A lot of t- tips, hints and um, has a list of the current scams going around to be wary of. So it's a good site set up by the government, so it's good.
0: Okay. Beautiful. As always, John, lovely to catch up, mate, and uh, some very valuable information there for people to take in. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Kevin. Have a good week.
0: If you have a question, by all means, send it to info.thelegalminefield at gmail.com. We'd be more than happy to hear from you. And any other comments you have, please share them on our Facebook page or send us an email. Till the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier.